The writer of Hebrews says that we should run the race of life with endurance. And that's a lot easier said than it is done. And so we are in this series called Unstoppable, and we are now in week four of Unstoppable. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been here, if you missed, to go back online, check it out. Uh, I've really enjoyed this series, enjoyed kind of rolling up our sleeves on uh, some, of the, some of the aspects of living the Christian life, our journey with, with Christ that it's going to take for us to endure to the end, to finish strong, as we're going to be talking about here in a few weeks. And over the course of these past few weeks, we began talking about with the end in mind. We talked about planning around our purpose. We talked about commencement. Justin gave a great message uh, to our grads, but also to all of us about what it means to prioritize our purpose. So in those times in our lives where we have transitions, we're ready uh, to endure and run the race with endurance. And last week, we talked about the little foxes, those little decisions, those little things that can creep up in our lives that can distract our mind and our eyes and our heart from our first love, and that's Jesus. And today we come to this point in time where we really have kind of centered everything we've talked about around purpose. And, and one of the things that I've noticed over these past few weeks, a lot of you have uh, either, either sent me emails or, um, like, this is a good email story, by the way. Uh, so usually I'm like, yeah, you sent me email and you're complaining about some of these were good. Uh, or we had conversations about, man, I just, like, I don't know my purpose and I'm trying to figure it out. And, and there's a couple things I want to say about that as we get going today is, number one, stay in the game with this series because I think fleshing some of this out will help you determine what that purpose is. And I believe that God gives each of us, he gives you, he gives me a very specific purpose. But I also want to point out that we as Christ followers, we have a, a more of a general purpose that's true for all of us. And it's stated several times in Scripture in the Great Commission to, to go out and to make disciples, to preach the gospel, essentially to love God and to help expand his kingdom in our time on earth. And, and, and I believe that he is a very specific purpose in that for you, but he also have a, has a specific purpose or a general purpose for us as Christians. And one of the things that we want to do and we want to do a better job at is letting you know of opportunities um, in the life of our church where we, we have the opportunity to do that. We have second Sunday we serve every um, on the second Sunday of each month where you can serve our community by giving. Um, but we have a serve date coming up. And uh, this is going to be a great opportunity for, for any of you. doesn't matter what age group you're in, what demographic you're in. We're going to be serving Antioch Education Center. It's coming up on June the 15th. It's 8 to 4. Lunch will be provided. And you can go to our website to register for that. And the reason I mention that is because if we are all on-purpose people, if we are people that are working towards that, that purpose of expanding God's kingdom, we're going to be involved in things like this. We did this last summer, and there, it's a great ministry um, that really serves probably uh, the, maybe one of the communities in our region that has the most need. 
and, and they've got a lot of needs at their facility, and we're going to be helping them out uh, clean up. We're going to be helping doing landscaping and a variety of other things. And so I want to encourage you um, to take a look at your calendar and be a part of that on Saturday, June 15th, where we as a church can wrap our arms around an organization, a partner that is, just does a great job in our community and help be a part of expanding that kingdom. Hey, by the way, my name's Todd. Uh, I'm the lead pastor. I'm really excited that you're, you're here today. Um, how, many, how many of you are here just for brunch, right? Yeah, you can raise your hand, be honest this morning. Awesome, thank you. There's like my buddy Mike down here is the only honest guy in the room. So anyway, we'll have, we'll have brunch afterwards. We do have brunch afterwards. It's going to be through those doors. I'm really excited about that where you can get to know people and um, get to talk to people. It's going to be great. You know, in terms of God's specific purpose for each one of us, there's often a gap. In fact, I would suggest until we get to the end of our lives, there's always a bit of a gap between what he designed us to do, his specific intent for you, and you fulfilling that purpose, you fulfilling that mission, if you will. There's always a gap. There's always a space. Until we completely fulfill that at the end of our lives, there's going to be this gap. And it's interesting how regardless of where you are in life, regardless of kind of where you are in the continuum of your spiritual journey, regardless of where you are in experience and like life fulfillment, there's always going to be a bit of a gap until we get to the end, until we see that purpose fully realized in our lives. And I believe one of the things that we as, as Christ followers um, do is we often kind of go through this life thinking that maybe our purpose will be fulfilled just by chance. Like, God is completely sovereign, I'm a God follower, so, you know, by the end of my life, that purpose will be fulfilled. And, and I got to tell you, church, our, our purpose in life will not be fulfilled by default. Our purpose in life is not going to be filled just by happenstance. You see, I believe in God's sovereignty. I believe that he is fully sovereign. I believe when he talks about the fact that he knew beforehand what would go on, that that's the concept of oh, this whole idea of predestination and sovereignty is God understanding and knowing what we're going to do in life. He is sovereign. He is in control. And I believe that he puts things and he puts people in our lives to point us to him. And he puts things and people in our lives to give us opportunities opportunity to fulfill that great purpose that he's created us for. But we as Christians often make this mistake of forgetting about the fact that he is, has also, just as much as he is sovereign, he's created us with the ability to make choice and the ability to make decisions in our lives. And it's often in those decision points, in those times in our lives where we're faced with a decision that we can so easily become derailed. We either remain on track or we get derailed. And sometimes the derailment of our spiritual lives, our lack of our ability to endure the race of life, happens in a moment, in an instant, 
with one decision that we make that could potentially make or break whether or not we're going to see our purpose in life fulfilled. And today I want to talk about some of those decision points, some of those very defining moments we may have in our lives. How many of you like Dr. Phil? Raise your hand this morning. It's okay to say that you like Dr. Phil in church. I like Dr. Phil. I think he's entertaining. Sometimes his advice, now everybody's raising their hand. They're like, yeah, nobody saw me. All right, I'm raising my hand now. So he gives some great advice. Some of it's biblical, some of it's not. But I loved this article that we found. Um, It's about Dr. Phil. And he has this 1075 rule. And I believe I remember him talking about this years ago um, in something that he was doing. He talks about the fact that we, who we become, we can trace back to external factors. And he calls it the 10, the 7, and the 5 rule that we have 10 defining moments in our lives, that we have seven critical choices in our lives, and that there are five pivotal people in our lives. He goes on to define it this way. If you look in hindsight, he says, in every person's life, there have been moments, both positive and negative, that have defined and redefined who you are. Those events entered your consciousness with such power that they changed the very core of who and what you thought you were. A part of you was changed by those events and caused you to define yourself to some degree by your experience in that event. So 10 defining moments. And some of you I know are thinking, man, I've, I've got 10 defining moments that I can easily identify in my life that were, in fact, those defining moments. And then he talks about seven critical choices. He says, there are surprisingly a small number of choices that rise to the level of life-changing. Boy, we overuse that word sometimes, don't we? Like everything in our life is life-changing. Not everything can be life-changing in our lives, right? Critical choices are those things that have changed your life positively or negatively and are major factors in determining who and what you'll become. They are the choices that have affected your life up to today and have set you on a path. And then he talks about five pivotal people. These are the people who have left indelible impressions on your concept of yourself and therefore the life you live. It may be family members, friends, co-workers, and their influence can either be positive or negative, he says. There are people who can determine whether you live consistently with your authentic self. I would insert there God's given purpose, God's purpose for your life. Um, Or instead live a counterfeit life controlled by a fictional self that has crowded out who you really are. I love that. Seven critical choices, five pivotal people, and ten defining moments. And today, as we take a look at um, what God is doing in your life, how he is fulfilling your purpose, I want to talk about what not Dr. Phil says and not what the world says, but what God's word says about those moments in our lives where we have those defining moments. You see, I, I believe that there's this intersection that we all have in our lives, and it might be those Uh, seven critical choices are those 10 defining moments that we have, but there's this crossroad that happens for all of us. It's a crossroad of God's sovereignty, our decision, our choice, and our destiny, where we're going in life. 
And listen, today I want you to know this. If you are a Christ follower in this room and you're just going to leave these moments up to chance, I can promise you that the decisions that you make will set your destiny, will set your life on a course that is troubling. And if we're going to be people who endure the race of life, we have to have a perspective about decision-making that's not too casual, that's not without thought. But we need to have a perspective and an approach to our decision-making that has thought to it, that has biblical thought to it, that has purpose and that drives at God's purpose for our lives. Let's, let's all get on common ground this morning. How many of you have made a decision in your life that you would say was a poor decision? Raise your hand this morning. All right, very good. Man, I'm so glad none of you didn't raise your hand. I don't think. That's all right. That's cool. That's good. I've made some poor choices in my life. Um, I, I remember when I was a kid, um, my dad had bought a, a brand new stereo system. And it, it didn't have, um, like, nothing digital back then. I'm that old. Um, and so, like, everything was knobs and buttons. And, and I remember um, going in, and I wanted to turn on um, the stere his stereo system. And so I pressed play, except when I pressed it, the button wouldn't go down. So I decided, I was probably about seven or eight, I decided I would push it with my foot. And it was brand new, remember? And so I pushed it with my foot, and the next thing I knew, the knob just completely broke off of this brand new stereo system. That was a fun conversation when he found the knob that I tried to hide from him. So anyway, whole message series online some other time. But anyway, so like I tried to hide that decision of trying to force that knob. And then there was a time um, when I was, uh, we had just moved to Atlanta and my mom and dad had built this, this brand new house. I thought it'd be a good idea to take my golf clubs. I was probably about 12 years old or so. Um, and I just, I thought it'd be a great idea to go out in the front yard, this like nice new grass and like hit some golf balls, you know, chip around in my yard. And so the very first shot that I hit, the ball went off the toe of my club, went up into the top left-hand panel of a window of my parents' bedroom and broke it. We hadn't lived in the house a week, and that happened. I worked hard that summer to pay that off. And then when I turned 16, me and my buddy, my dad had just bought a new car for my mom, a brand new car for my mom. And it was Sunday night and I was going to youth group and I went to youth group and some of you've heard this story before, but we went to youth group and me and my buddy Brian were like, hey, let's leave right now. By the way, if you're a student in here, don't leave youth group, it's against the law. So anyway, like we left in the middle of youth group to go down to get a Coke. We pulled into 7-Eleven and I backed up into a light pole. And so, like, we can't have nice things started with me. That was like the phrase that my parents used. I, we just can't have nice things. Oh, my goodness. I was always breaking stuff new in my house because of stupid decisions. Dumb decisions, dumb choices. Whether it was 8 or 18. And I remember when I was 18 years old, and I had been called to full-time Christian ministry a few years before that. 
And as I was fleshing this out, I had my youth pastor, who's Jeff, who's a pastor of Low Country Community Church, the church that helped us get started out in Bluffton. And um, man, he was helping me through this. And I remember him kind of coaching me on something that I'm going to give you later today at the end of today's message. And I remember working through my calling, my purpose in life. And I was about ready to go on to college. And I, I knew that I was called into full-time Christian ministry when I was about 16 years old. And at 18, I had listened to the message of my friends and of the world. And the message was this, if you go into full-time Christian ministry, you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. <laughs> and they were right. For 10 years, I ran from my calling. I ran from what God had intended for my life. And I remember the, the day, and it was about this time of year, I was about ready to graduate, and Jeff came over to my house. And every time Jeff came over, my youth pastor, he was like so encouraging and just like, man, just go get him, and I'm excited, and blah, blah, blah. And he sat down at the table, and he said, what's your major going to be? And I said, business, computer science, business. And he's like, I thought, you, thought God called you to the ministry. I said, yeah, I just don't think I want to do that. He said, it sounds like you want to do what you want to do. And I promise you, if he's called you to a certain thing, if he's given you a specific purpose, and you don't follow that, he will find you and you'll be miserable. <laughs> I was like, thanks for youth pastors, Justin. I'm just kidding. I remembered 10 years later that conversation. And God got a hold of my life, and I began to make decisions to go back to that purpose. But it was a grueling 10 years, and he was right. I was miserable. And I tell you that story to highlight the fact and to underline the fact that when, when God has a specific purpose for us, when we're at that crossroads of his sovereignty and our will, our destiny lies in the balance. And if we make decisions based on what we want, based on what the world wants or what people around us want, if we are people who are called by God to a specific thing, whether that's business or being a stay-at-home mom or pursuing a certain education, and we run from that, we are running from the sovereign God. And I want you to hear today that none of us, none of us are immune from making decisions that are based on what we want and not what God wants. I realize there are a lot of you who are in here and you're, you're looking in the rear view mirror of life and you're going, man, I've done pretty well on this issue. I've made these decisions that really have kind of shaped the course of my life and have set me on a path to be right where God wants me to be and for my family to be right where I believe that he wants us to be. But I want to warn you that myself included, we can in a moment even in the last quarter of our life, even in the last decade of our life, even in the last years of our life, make a decision in the moment that's a selfish decision that can undo everything that we've done good for God in our past. It doesn't mean that it was pointless, but it certainly can undo that. And so how do we define in these defining moments, how do we find alignment 
with what God wants in these defining moments of our lives. Today we're going to look in Proverbs and we're going to bounce around a little bit, but I want to, I want to help us have some handles on what God's word says about making decisions in those defining moments in life. Cynthia and I were, we just recently went out to, to Denver and I, I really enjoy flying. And part of the reason I enjoy flying is my grandfather was a private general aviation pilot. And so I used to go up um, flying with him. I love, I love looking out and being able to like see the horizon and see kind of the whole landscape. But um, when you're flying in a commercial plane, all you get to see is what's right out that window, right? And, and if you sit in one of those seats where there's like a window up in the person in front of you in the row in front of you and in back of you, and all you have is like the wall, the white wall, that's not a whole lot of fun. Uh, at least for me, it's not. I, I would love to be in the cockpit. I'd love to be able to see the whole horizon. I'd love to be able to see the whole thing. And, and I don't know about you, but like when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to these defining moments in life where there's a crossroad, where there's this decision point, I would love to be able to be in the cockpit of my life, looking out, being able to see everything, to see the future, to see the horizon, to see what track my life is going to take. But that's where God's sovereignty comes in, because he knows, and we don't. He knows the future, we don't. He knows the end game, we don't. But right in the middle of this, what does the Bible say about having this kind of like view of what's going on? I believe first and foremost um, that God tells us in the midst of those defining moments to make sure that we're aligned with his perspective. His perspective, first and foremost. Proverbs 14, 12. By the way, the book of Proverbs is just chock full of just great, like, practical wisdom on how to make life decisions. It's excellent. It's just full of it. Proverbs 14, verse 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to what? To death. Have a good Sunday, everyone. See you next week. Like, man, that's kind of depressing, right? But I want you to think about, take a look at that verse. There's a way that seems right to you. There's a way that seems right to me. But in the end, it's the way to death. And essentially, from a 40,000-foot view, I believe what God is telling us, what his Holy Spirit inspired the writer to write here, uh, Solomon, is is that um, there is a way that we have that seems right. We have our perspective. We have our outlook. We have our desires, our goals. And if all we do is make decisions based on what we think is right, our perspective it's going to lead to a death. And I don't believe the writer's talking about the death of a life, although that could be the case. But it could be the death of a dream. It could be the death of God, you pursuing God's calling. It could be the death of a relationship that is for your good and their good and for your good with God. And when we make decisions based on our own instinct, our own opinion, our own viewpoint, and we don't consider first God's perspective, we will 
spiritually end up dead. And I believe what God is trying to tell us is that, that we all need help with making decisions in life. And yes, we need to find others to come into our lives. We'll talk about that in a moment. But if, listen, church, if we are Christ followers, if we are God followers, and we don't have God's perspective in these defining moments in life, we're toast. We're dead in the water before we even start. So first and foremost, I think we need to make sure that our perspective is aligned with God's perspective. And I personally like it the other way around. I like my perspective, and I want God to come over here and join in with me. And that's not the way that it works. The way that it works is as we seek him and we find out his perspective and we fall in alignment with his perspective. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Point number two is alignment with God's purpose. Alignment with God's purpose. Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans, many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the Lord that will what? That will stand. So here I believe is what God is trying to tell us in this idea from Proverbs. Is that we may have some good instinct. We may have some good ideas on planning. Man, we, are, we have tons of strategists in this room. Like if we were to identify all of you that are good strategists, you'd probably outweigh those of us who are not, okay? So like there are some great strategists. And so we can like have everything, all the experience in the world that leads us to a place of strategy and, and as George W. Bush said, strategery. And so like we can have all these ideas of how we're going to accomplish the thing that God has called us to, how we're going to be successful in life. But if we base that on our own planning, we're toast. Or at least we will be in the end. Because here's what I found out about my own strategy, my own plans, is that it works. The way that I think works for a little while. For a little while. The problem is, is that at some point in time, my plans cease to work. I think sometimes we allow ourselves to have the influence of maybe the conventional wisdom of this world and we allow ourselves to bring people into our lives that don't have our best interest in mind or don't have God's perspective or plan in mind. And all of a sudden, we're beginning to make decisions. We're beginning to make strategic decisions that don't line up with God's way of living. You see, that was my point of departure. That was my point of departure. I had allowed the opinion and the outlook of many people in my life, all of whom I think had good intentions, but I had allowed their opinion and their plan and their thoughts about me to weigh heavier 
than God's. So in that moment, I had made a decision to pursue what I wanted or what I thought that I wanted. And it wasn't right. There's an old story about Ronald Reagan. He had an aunt, and uh, his aunt took him to a cobbler. Some of you may not know what a cobbler is, but she took him to a cobbler. A cobbler is someone who works on shoes and makes shoes. And the cobbler asked young Ronald Reagan, do you want on your shoes the square toe or the round toe? And the young Ronald Reagan, the kid, was unable to answer, unable to decide. Reagan didn't answer, so the cobbler was kind and gave him a few days. And several days later, the cobbler saw Ronald Reagan on the street and asked him, what kind of toes do you want? You haven't answered me. Square toes or round toes? And Reagan still couldn't decide. So the shoemaker replied, well, come by in a couple days. Your shoes will be done. And so Ronald Reagan, the young Ronald Reagan, came to the cobbler a few days later to pick up his shoes. And what he found was one round one and one square one. <laughs> and the cobbler said, maybe this will help you to be more decisive in your life. And Ronald Reagan talked about that story throughout his life. He shared that story several times. And I got to be honest with you, church, sometimes we allow the wrong people to have the wrong opinion, and it's not in God's plan. We must be careful with who we bring into the inner circle or else our plans and their plans will not be aligned with God's, and I met, I met purpose. The point number three is alignment, not only with God's perspective and God's purpose, but God's plan. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And there may be some of you who are here today and you're at a decision point or perhaps you're at this critical juncture in life or perhaps you've just come out of it or perhaps you've made in your past a decision that has been life-altering that does not align with God's perspective and his purpose. And maybe for you, you didn't understand that he is concerned not just about the big picture, not just about the perspective, not just about the purpose, but he really truly is concerned about every step you take. The writer here says that the Lord establishes the steps. You see, we don't have to rely on all the things in life that kind of like will guide us. Yes, those things are good, and yes, we should rely on that, but if we are relying more on those things than we are His sovereignty and His plan, once again, we're dead in the water. And some of you may be here today and you're like, I, I just don't know if like this thing that God has for me right now, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a decision in a career. Maybe it's a decision on how you're going to raise your kids. Students, maybe it's a decision on where you're going to college or what type of vocation you're going to pursue. And maybe You've got the perspective, and maybe you understand God's purpose, but you just really don't trust him. He's the one that establishes our steps. And that leads me to the last part. He not only establishes our steps, but he has a path for each one of us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, possibly a proverb that's very familiar to you. 
maybe even if you're not really involved in church or you're not a God follower, you may have heard this one before. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your what? Own understanding. And then he goes on and he says, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Maybe you walked in this room today and life has thrown you a couple of curveballs. But if you were really honest, and there's a time and a place to have the honest conversation about the fact that someone else forced a decision upon you, but if you were really honest, maybe you're here today, and maybe the reason that your life hasn't worked out exactly the way that you thought that it might is because you, if you're really honest, in those critical moments, in those defining moments in life, you failed to have God's perspective, his purpose, his plans, and trust him that he's got the path for you laid out. The beginning of that verse begins with trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. How many times in life do we lean on our own understanding? And that plays it out in a thousand different ways, doesn't it? Years ago, when I was in the middle of making the decision on whether or not I would pursue ministry, Jeff helped me follow a five-step path. And if you have your notes, I want to encourage you to definitely take notes on this because this is all based on Scripture. This is incredible. I'm not going to go into detail on it. I've done that in other messages, but I want to remind some of you who have been journeying with us and with me for a while because this is something that we have brought out many times in our life. I remember the day that we were living in New York City, and um, we had a group of people that were asking us to consider Baltimore, Maryland. And um, I I took a trip down to Baltimore, and we we were talking about starting a new church down in Baltimore. And I remember um, going down to Baltimore and just really asking God to lead and to guide and to just give his wisdom. And I came back, and I walked through these steps. And I was kind of excited about it because I thought, well, we're going to walk through these steps, and God's going to give a yes all the lights will light up green, right? Not one of them was green. And I wonder, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What, am, what are we going to do? How's he going to fulfill his purpose in our marriage and in our family and in my life? And you know what he provided? Within weeks of that conversation, he provided this. He provided the opportunity for me and my family to move here and to join with you and to change this community for Jesus. And it was these five steps we walked through, five landing lights of knowing God's will, first and foremost, scriptural confirmation, finding from God's word, scripture that either confirms or in some cases denies it. The second thing is the leading of God's Holy Spirit in your life, the leading of God's Holy Spirit Third, a multitude of godly counselors. The Bible says that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Isn't that a great word, safety? 
safety in a multitude of counselors. The fourth thing is outside circumstances. Are the, are the outside circumstances seemingly being arranged for you to go that direction or maybe not go that direction? And then the last thing is inner desire. Scriptural confirmation, biblical confirmation, the leading of God's Holy Spirit, multitude of counselors, outside circumstances, and inner desire. And I promise you at those critical junctions in your life, wherever you are on the journey, at those critical junctions, if you will filter those decisions through those five things, you won't be leaning on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, you will acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You see, we will successfully navigate life's most critical decisions and important choices when we become more heavily reliant on God's wisdom and guidance than on our own experience, knowledge, and instincts. Does he use the others? Absolutely, he does. But do we need to pursue him first? For sure, we do. My challenge to you today is if you're at a point right now or in the near future that you have these defining moments coming up or right now, right in front of you, make sure that you're unstoppable and allow the weight of God's wisdom to be the heaviest part of making that decision, whatever it is. Father, God, we pray and we thank you first and foremost for the opportunity that we have even to talk with you, even to have communion with you on these decisions. We thank you for the opportunity to search your word and to have alignment with your Holy Spirit to seek out godly counsel, to look at the circumstances and see if you're lining things up that make sense and the inner desire that we may or may not have in a critical decision in our lives. And Father, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would be with those who are here today and they're in the midst right now of, of a potential decision. And that decision has the opportunity to set their course to fill the gap, to close the gap between your purpose and wherever they are right now. God, it would be some decision that would put them on a course that is completely, completely in alignment with your perspective, with your purpose, with your plan, and with your path. But God, I pray for those who are right now about ready to make a decision to do something different than what you see, what you desire, what you have planned, and what you have purposed. God, I can't imagine what we as a church could accomplish if at those critical junctures in our life, we made decisions not by simple instinct or conventional wisdom or some advice that we heard on TV or from a friend. But God, if we as a church individually and corporately made decisions based on what you want first and foremost, oh man, we could be unstoppable.
And God, I pray that you would help each one of us to identify in our lives where we are in alignment with your perspective, where we are in searching out what your purpose is for our lives, where we are in really understanding your plan and trusting you that you've got the path all set up for us. We just need to follow. Father God, help us in those moments where our trust begins to fade or crumble or get destroyed by outside circumstances. Help us, God, to keep our eyes focused on you, the one that has the wisdom to endure to the end and to be people who are unstoppable. Help us, Father, with that. Help us to be people who are so in alignment with you that it just becomes natural because we've practiced it in our lives. We thank you for our time, and now we just give you praise and thanksgiving for who you are and what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.